Welcome to the J Crypto Audio Experience. First off, thanks for coming. Second off, I want to congratulate you for investing in the education of blockchain, cryptocurrency, NFTs, decentralized finance, all those terms that when you first hear you go, what the hell does that mean? Blockchain is a technology shift, guys. Once in a lifetime opportunity. This is Malibu beachfront property, $1,000 per the acre. Now, to take advantage of it properly, you got to invest in that education. And that's what you're here for. That's what I'm here for. So let's learn together. Hey, 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 guys. So this is Jack, and I'm just starting another podcast already. Um, All right, man. So... Let's just jump into the king of cryptos real quick, Um, Dogecoin. (laughs) I'm just joking. I'm just kidding. Hey, listen, Um, I'm not, I don't hold any Dogecoin. I I hold a derivative of Dogecoin, funny enough, through another project that pays an APY and a derivative of Dogecoin. And I'll get to that fun stuff later. But here's the deal. A Dogecoin peg, as you can call it. And uh, it's just because it pays it out. And, you know, it's it's just, yeah, you know, I'm not a believer in Dogecoin. I'm a believer in the project that pays out in all these other projects, which I'm hinting at. I'm really bullish on it. Um, so basically, folks, what do I got for you? Well, the biggest thing I want to go over in this episode is Bitcoin. Okay, so do you understand Bitcoin fundamentals? This takes me back. So when I got into real estate, and I started to talk with some really, you know, smart, um, financial, financially educated people. And I did my own research by listening and reading a ton of information on our monetary policy here in the United States. I eventually learned that our currency that we hold value in, which is cash, um, the reality is that we are printing the not we but the federal reserve our monetary policy allows that money to be printed without any substantially you know without it being backed by any actual real world asset now back in the day i believe in the 70s there was a time where it was backed by an asset it was backed by gold Right. Um, But they took that away. They took the gold standard away. So now we have cash that isn't really backed by anything, from my understanding. And it can be printed. So more of it can be printed. And what that does is actually devalues the currency. Okay. And it can lead to inflation. I don't know about you guys, but we've all been through a crazy year with COVID. And we've all... I have a real estate background, so I don't know if you guys have seen this, but in a lot of areas like where I'm from, um, there is a huge increase in asset prices, collectibles, the sports card industry, a Luka Doncic rookie Pinini Prism mosaic. It's, it's a base card, right? Which is the most prevalent in the set is trading around $2,000 to date. A, the average, um, the median sales price for a property in 
uh, let's take a destination like Cape Cod, for example. I mean, guys, we're up in some locations 38% from last year around the same exact time. And some places even higher, some places lower. If real estate appreciated 38% a year, can you imagine like values, if they would appreciate that high a year, then it would only be like several years before the average median sales price could go from, let's say 300,000 to a million, um, which would be crazy. So we're having this weird little shakeout where people are not able to afford these higher prices because their wages and jobs are not keeping up with the appreciation of asset prices. Um, so, so these asset prices, the way I look at it is, look, you can store your money into a sports card. You can store it into real estate. You could store it into cash in your bank. Is your bank paying you interest? Are they paying you a lot of interest? What's the interest that they're paying you? And when you divvy it all out, yeah, our, our cash isn't really competing against asset prices. Okay. Um, so why is this important? Well, when we print more money, we're, we're creating more supply and less demand. If cash is more prevalent in our system, then there's less demand for it. And I know that sounds counterintuitive when you first start understanding these concepts because it's like, oh, I would love to have some cash. Like, what are you talking about? But in terms of cash versus other places that you could store your value, right? It's just the competitive advantage is in these other assets outside of our monetary policy that have a finite amount of supply. For example, real estate, finite supply, sports cards, finite supply. Um, So the thing about Bitcoin is it's basically the ultimate asset class in terms of holding a store of value because when it was started by Satoshi Nakamoto, okay, and you can do your more, you can do more research. There's a ton of great books out there, but it was started with a protocol and Satoshi Nakamoto was the supposed alleged creator of it. And since he's abandoned the project, he's gone. No one knows who he is or where he is or, or how much Bitcoin he has or doesn't have. Um, but when you look back at how Bitcoin was ran, the narrative is this. It ran by itself without Satoshi Nakamoto because it was just a protocol. And if you understand blockchain technology, okay, it's, it's, it's a whole different class than your, your average you know, tech, like the internet, if you will. Because with blockchain technology, you have a few concepts, one of which is things cannot be changed um, without, you know, the consensus of the protocol. The, so that's a mutability, if you will. So if you have a protocol that says there's only 21 um, million of this digital token in existence... And this protocol cannot be changed and it's locked forever. 
and you can't hack it. You have to basically have everyone that ever owned Bitcoin get together all at once and say, okay, we're going to change it, which is theoretically impossible. Um, it's pretty darn safe. Since it came out, people tried to hack it. There's been a lot of people who have tried to hack the Bitcoin network, the blockchain, and they've proven unsuccessful. And this is where the trust kind of comes in more and more. I mean, every single year, every single month, every single day, every single week, every single day that Bitcoin has not been hacked, it seems more and more impossible that it will be hacked. And unless you're a software engineer, which I'm not, or really understand the blockchain, it's much more easier to use time as an argument for why you should trust Bitcoin than it is to use all these complex concepts that have given programmers the first right of entry into Bitcoin because they could understand that through the tokenomics or the programming, it was very trustworthy. So if you're an average person, the more time that goes by, right, the more time that goes by without Bitcoin being hacked or stopped, it, the better for you, for your ability to trust that it's not going to be hacked. So there's two things right there. You have a finite supply because there's only 21 million Bitcoin ever to come into existence. You also have a um, trustless system where you don't need to trust humans like we do for the Federal Reserve printing our money to maintain the supply. We don't need to trust anything because it's it's impossible to change. There's only 21 million tokens. So if so, I mean, those two concepts are different from every other cryptocurrency to date because there's not been another cryptocurrency with the, the same protocol, with the same unique set of circumstances that Bitcoin has had, where the project manager has left the cryptocurrency and it's run by itself. And people have said, all right, yeah, I'm going to store my value in this thing because at least I know the supply can't be changed or altered. The code says there's 21. Not all 21 have been released yet. 21 or 24. Um, We'll get a fact check on that later. And so that's why, you know, it's conceptually a great idea to invest in Bitcoin because no matter what the price does, If you have something that's in demand and popular, like a sports card, because people like sports or whatever, they like a certain player, they're going to buy that. And if there's a finite supply of the sports card, like the ones that have the number on the back that say like one out of 10, you know that there's not going to be more than 10 of those cards in existence. But with Bitcoin, the only difference is it's not with sports. It's a decentralized network that was the first network effect for cryptocurrency. And it truly doesn't have someone behind the scenes controlling the supply. And it's probably the best brand in the history of the United States. If you just look at Bitcoin as a brand, you know, similar to an Amazon or a Tesla. I mean, 
that's another reason if you understand marketing or if you're into, you know, you know, human anthropological philosophy, you can understand that if a brand is trusted by the masses and people and there's nothing better, there's no competitors that have had the same set of unique circumstances, then it's easy to think, oh, okay, that's where the value is. Um, conceptually, people like to compare it to gold, but the re- but there's reasons why you don't compare it to gold. Gold doesn't have a unique, um, you know, a finite supply. You can go and mine more gold, right? Where Bitcoin, there is a finite supply, just not as not all has been released yet or mined through the protocol. Um, the other comparison with gold is, listen, the reason why. I like Bitcoin over gold, and I love guys like Robert Kiyosaki who are pretty neutral on the issue. I mean, I don't even mind if people hold gold. Like, that's fine. Good for them. But I'm 22 years old. I don't want gold. I don't want to hold gold. I feel like I'd be worrying about it all the time. And maybe it's just because of the generation I'm in. But I want either real estate, because who could, like... (laughs) Think about how more likely it is for someone to steal gold than steal real estate. And I get it. Look, some guys that have gold are probably going to call me out and say, oh my God, this kid is so stupid. You just have someone else hold gold for you. I mean, I get that that's a possibility. So let me just hedge against them, you know, thinking I don't have any credibility here. But I still think that because of maybe the generation I was born in, virtual currency makes much more sense to me. I want to be in control of my private keys and hold my crypto, if you will, on a private server on a MetaMask or just hold it in various exchanges too, just like split it up or earn interest on it. I mean, is there a way to earn passive interest on um, crypto or Bitcoin? Absolutely. There's a ton of ways. There's a ton of companies that do it. There's a ton of different rates out there. There's a ton of different exchanges. Do your own research on that one. A few are BlockFi, Celsius. I earned 6.2% on my Bitcoin on Celsius. That's my favorite one. And if you have the Cell token, which you can get on Uniswap, I don't think that it's... I'm not sure what the regulations are because some tokens like that, I mean, they might have a problem with the SEC um, if it's labeled as a security. But I know that if you, so like you might not be able to buy it from Celsius, but I know that in certain cases I've seen people buy it on Uniswap. So I don't know if that's possible yet, but um, you can buy sell token and then put it into your wallet um, if you buy it on Uniswap though. So like they might change though. I mean, you might be able to buy Celsius. If you own the sell token, (laughs) what's great about that is you have a higher interest rate on your Bitcoin. So you can get 8%. And number two, you can also leverage your Bitcoin. So let's say Bitcoin goes to 50,000 and you bought it at 10. I mean, what if you want $25,000? Well, if you don't want to sell your Bitcoin and trigger a taxable event, you can leverage your Bitcoin. Okay, so they'll lock it up. This is great because then you won't end up owing them anything. So you'll get debt, but you won't owe them anything. So what happens is you enter into what's called a smart contract, okay? And when you enter into a smart contract, um, it's again, a trustless blockchain technology 
that allows you to seamlessly grant, uh, sign a contract with Celsius saying, okay, they are going to take control of the twenty-five or the $50,000 Bitcoin. They're, you're going to get a loan for $25,000. You get an interest rate of, let's say, 8%. So you're paying out each month a monthly payment just of interest. You pay your principal in a balloon payment um, at the end of the loan's term, whether it's six months, a year, three, three years, whatever it is. And the best part is you can take out a loan in other cryptos or you can take it out in what are called stable coins that track the dollar. So this is incredible because number one, you hedge your risk. And if you're smart, you might not take a full loan. You might leave some Bitcoin in there to earn interest and pay your interest on your loan. That's what I do. Um, but what happens if Bitcoin goes to zero, Jack? Well, again, you don't owe Celsius anything. Because if Bitcoin goes to zero, they're simply going to liquidate your 50,000 Bitcoin as it drops. So as when it gets to $25,000 plus your interest payment, they're going to liquidate it. They're going to say, hey, Jack, sorry, but we got to liquidate your Bitcoin um, just because of market conditions. You can keep the loan that we gave you. And we're just going to take enough Bitcoin off the top to pay the interest that you promised to pay us. And no harm, no foul. And there's no credit checks. And that's decentralized finance with Bitcoin. So if you believe Bitcoin could go to, you know, the moon as the youngsters and oldsters and everybody and their grandma are saying about certain cryptos, then, I mean, it might make sense when it's at a top to just maybe leverage it. Because again, when you have debt, it's not like you have to pay taxes on debt, but check with your tax financial advisor. Um, I know when people refinance from like a property, they they don't have to pay taxes on that because that's debt because they owe the bank that money if they're refinancing on their property. So if you take out if you own uh, six hundred thousand dollars of equity in your property and you're just paying taxes on it and, the, and and you don't have a mortgage, you can refinance, take out two hundred k. Guess what though? That's income, but it's not. <laughs> It's not taxable income because it's debt. So you just pay that back to the mortgage company. You have 200K to play around with and it depends on your loan's terms, you know? So this isn't financial advice, guys. I think being in real estate at such a young age and selling my first house when I was when I just was barely 21, I was able to um, understand these macro principles of finances and apply them to Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. So that's a lot. I know that's a lot to take in. So Bitcoin is where you store your value, okay? And it's one of the biggest brands in the world. If you just look at it like that, why wouldn't you invest in it? It's up to you if you want to invest in it and want to invest in it. I recommend doing your own research. I recommend fact-checking everything I say. And I also recommend that you do your homework on how to invest. Maybe you don't get in all at once because Bitcoin's volatile and it can really depress somebody if they put in their life savings at the top. So let's say if Bitcoin's top is 60000 I'm not saying it is. It could be 300000 this year. Then... If you if you invest at the top and then it goes back down to ten thousand, so let's say you you invested sixty grand and it, guess what you just lost you know fifty grand. Well, I mean, listen, you can either keep it in and then buy at the bottom, so buy when it goes to ten or buy on the way down. 
and, you know, triple your gains. But I mean, again, just remember, like, I would invest in the long term. I wouldn't be trying to flip Bitcoin if you were my family, right? Now, you do you. Like, if you want to do some crazy trading on it, I mean, that's your choice. I'm not going to recommend that, but it's kind of... uh it's kind of a great place to just store your value in, in over time too. It is, um, that's how I look at it at least. So, so guys, I mean, Bitcoin, it's just one thing, but let's get into some other of the top alts. I'm going to just go through my understanding of each one pretty much. And we can kind of go from there again. Another thing that's bullish for Bitcoin is you have guys like Michael Saylor going on and interviewing with, with, um, BitBoy and, you know, he's on pretty much every business news station these days talking about Bitcoin. And he is basically holding these meetings with these top players like CZ for Binance. Um, he's basically non-institutional people and, and uh, institutional people. And he's kind of bridging the gap. So Michael Saylor, if you don't know, he owns a company called MicroStrategy, which is basically... Um, all the rage these days. I believe they're, you know, a company that raises cash flow or has a lot of cash flow coming in. And what they've historically done is they've held their cash flow in US dollar, which had a negative yield on it due to the reasons that we mentioned earlier, which was the that the dollar is devaluing itself. So investors looked at that and said, oh my goodness. I mean, hey, look, if this cash they're making, they're making a great amount of cash, but that doesn't matter because if they're making cash and it's devaluing, what's, you know, we're not going to value that as investors. But Bitcoin, since it holds its value and has done historically, you know, 400x, um, you know, year over year, uh, on average, um, they, I mean, his company, you could invest in his company too, as a way to invest in Bitcoin because he's converted all of his cash into Bitcoin. And he's one of the bigger holders of Bitcoin for the institutional space. So, I mean, the thing is though, the rumor is that he is talking with some of the top businesses in America to show them how to invest in, how to invest their capital like he did into Bitcoin. And what are the advantages? What's the advantages of investing your reserve into Bitcoin? Well, you can look at what he says the advantages are. But um, all right, guys, that's what I got for you today. I'm going to touch on Ethereum. I'm going to go into some other coins like um, let's do like XRP, um, Chainlink. You know, we got Cardano. We got Polkadot. And then my favorite personally is Binance Coin. Um, crypto.com coin. They just had a smart chain release. I'm running some yield on my crypto.com, 16% APY. Maybe one day if this podcast blows up, I'll show you guys how to do stuff like that. I love staking. I love APY. I love earning passive income. Um, some projects like that. Whew. And then we can also touch on NFT. Just so you guys know, my specialist, I'll be upfront with you guys. My specialty is decentralized finance. It's APY. It's, is this project just going to give you an APY for a day? Or is this project going to give you an APY for a lifetime? You know, and that's what I look for. That's why I like Celsius. That's why I'm into some projects that have recently took a, a huge hit. 
That's why I stay away from a lot of the clones out there where people just clone the project, spiff it up, and just try to pull a massive rug a pull on all their investors, which, you know, you got to be cautious about what you invest in. And look, my, my, my thing here, again, I want to get a job in crypto. I want to get a job in crypto. So if you're hiring, let me know. But um, I just want to get a job in crypto. I want to get a good job that I can be remote and do some, I don't know, I don't know, maybe make some content like this for somebody. I want a job in crypto. I understand crypto. I understand how to navigate the networks. I understand MetaMask. Just give me a job, man. I just want a job in crypto while my wife goes to law school and I can be in Boston doing my thing. That's what I want. So, all right, guys, Jack, Jack the Crypto Man, uh, signing out. Let's talk about Ethereum.